The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope everyone's staying safe. Today, we've got to talk about some uh, not-so-great news for the USC football team. A couple of big injuries. We'll get into that during these off-season workouts at home. Wanted to talk uh, to the coach, Harvey Hyde, get his thoughts on that. Also, some other topics uh, about college football that we're going to Ask the coach about you can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com, to check up on all the shows that he does talking about USC football. This is going to be hopefully our 13th season uh, covering the Trojan football team here on the Parastyle Podcast. If you're uh, not a member over at USCfootball.com, we've been doing that a lot longer back since uh, 1996, if you can believe that. But we're doing a special right now. Uh, two months of VIP access to uscfootball.com for just a buck. What can you get for a dollar? You can get 60 days of free access, VIP access to uscfootball.com, the peristyle and all that. So hope you guys can take advantage of that. If you have any questions or comments for us, podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. And the number you can call or text is 424-254-9141. Please subscribe any of those podcasting apps. And if you happen to have an Apple podcasting app, uh, you have an iPhone, you got an iPad, something like that, please leave us some positive feedback. Uh, Five-star ratings are always welcome, and it does help to grow the show. And to grow the show, we like to talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde, get his thoughts on what's going on. How are you doing today, coach? I'm doing great. A wonderful weekend, and we get closer to football season. A lot of things have happened as far as during this week, as far as the Pac-12 releasing uh, their uh, practice times for the summer months for the uh, Pac-12 teams and when they start their first game and when they can start. The NCAA also giving uh, the approval to uh, have athletes on campus. So there's a lot lot of different things going on, and it's very interesting on uh, what's happened during this football season as far as during the spring. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and we've – you know, newsy stuff has been a little bit, uh, we haven't had a ton of, of newsy stuff. There've been some good news things happening around the athletic department, mostly, you know, with the athletic department, some of the decisions they made. We talked a lot last week about reinstatement of uh, Reggie Bush 
this week. Unfortunately, uh, over the weekend, there was a couple of, of bad injuries. And we'll start off first with uh, Kyle Ford. So you may recall Kyle Ford. He's a former five-star uh, wide receiver. He came in, uh, missed part of his senior year because of an ACL injury. I got to cover him down in uh, Arlington, Texas at the uh, at the opening where he absolutely went off. Um just just went crazy before a senior year caught I think like 15 or 16 touchdown passes in a seven on seven tournament that lasted two days you know that's a lot of touchdown passes in a short period of time I mean they played like three or four games a day or something so to have that many touchdowns he was getting multiple touchdowns in every game just an absolute stud then you know towards ACL back in 2018 uh this year uh in the offseason so our Keely Yor actually broke this news um, over the weekend, it looks like he's tore the other uh, ACL. So he's, uh, if you don't know, six foot two, two hundred ten pound wide receiver. Um, like I said, former five star. He actually did get to play a little bit last year. Uh, he made his college debut against Colorado. This was back at the end of October, and uh, he actually had a uh, a twenty yard touchdown uh, against Oregon uh, the following week. So he got to play a little bit towards the end. Uh, still redshirted. Because you know, you know, he played less than uh, you know the four games or less. Um, but looking forward, was looking forward to see what he could do with uh, wide receiver Michael Pittman. Now moving on, he could kind of step into that role and uh, you know be a big part of this USC offense. But looks like that is not going to happen now, Coach. He's going to be out indefinitely. So most likely another year, and then you know he could potentially come back as a redshirt sophomore. Uh, at the end, you know, starting for the 2021 season? Well, it's very unfortunate. I really feel bad for the kid. I tell you, you go through an off year as far as an off year, as far as rehab and everything, and uh, you really miss the game and you really work hard. If anybody's been through a rehab of any type of injury, it's a lot of work. It's really difficult and painful at first as far as getting yourself back in shape and the flexibility back in your leg and the agility and strength and all of the above. And then to have that again uh, with your other leg, you just think for a minute, you sit back and you think, oh, here I go again, going all through that. And, uh, you know, sometimes you say, oh, man, this is this is bad. Or what's my future? Or uh, you get really depressed. And this is where a kid really needs a lot of encouragement during this period of time. Fortunately, now, because of the redshirt years and so on, he if he ever stayed at USC, He'd be able to get his sixth year, I'm sure, because of this. And uh, I really feel bad for him. And uh, But these type of things happen in the game of football. Sometimes when you're a big kid like he is and heavy and you make cuts, and uh, it, it puts a lot of pressure on your knees, and uh, you pop things and tear things. And it's very un- unfortunate. And maybe he just has weaker ligaments in that area than, than, than maybe he grew faster. And they didn't, you know, he just has some type of problems with his knees. It's it's absolutely apparent. But again, uh, uh, he's going to give it a shot and come back, I'm sure, and get strong again. He's got a great career in front of him. And uh, it's, it's, you know, he'll have to take this year off, as you said, and again, get himself ready to play. And uh, everybody's got to be positive and get ready. But it's a really depressive thing when that happens, not only to uh, the kid himself, but to the coaches and everybody around him and the trainers too, but they've seen him go through all of this, this workout and all of this 
difficult things you have to do to be able to get the clearance to come back and play, and then you have it happen again. So he's got to get uh, suck it up and get ready to do it again, and it might never, ever bother him again either knee. But I certainly hope that's the case. Yeah, we hope that's the case as well. Um, I mean, great kid. It's just uh, just unfortunate. Like I said, thought he could be someone that would come in and take the you know fill the role that Michael Pittman uh, did last year when he goes on. So now we won't be able to see uh, Kyle Ford on the field until uh, the 2021 season, most likely. So uh, he's out indefinitely. The other uh, injury. Another unfortunate one, not as serious. Um, so inside linebacker Elijah Winston, he had surgery for a broken ankle. Um, so according to a source, we put that up there as well. This was also from Keely Yor. I think I believe the Athletic uh, was able to confirm through USC that uh, the the redshirt sophomore did um, you know, undergo surgery. So expected to be out six to eight weeks from what we were told. Um, it was during a workout uh, that he ended up injuring himself. So he missed a bunch. Uh, so he actually, last fall camp, he was an outside linebacker, moved inside after Jordan Iacefa had his knee injury, and they thought he was going to take a, a larger role. But he got the injury bug himself and uh, got turf turf toe, and it cost him six games last season. So he did get in. I uh, played on special teams against Arizona. Uh, and then he played on defense a couple weeks later against Colorado. And, you know, instead of the uh, inside linebacker position, he moved back outside again. So, um, you know, it's he's kind of moved around a little bit. And we got to see him some at the end of last year. But this year they expected him to compete at the inside linebacker spot again. Um, you know, we were going to see a lot of them in the spring. But unfortunately, as you know, the COVID-19 stuff happened and we didn't really get to see him. So moved around a little bit, coach. I uh, thought he'd play a somewhat prominent role. Not sure uh, what that's going to be going forward, um, but six to eight weeks or so. So it's not like he's gone for the season, but uh, another uh, costly injury for USC. Yeah, it is. And uh, he's obviously been working out. He's working out. And I'm not sure if these guys taped their ankles in the summers when they work out on their own. And they're big guys with a lot of weight and a lot of quickness and these things give out when you make these sharp turns and breaks and and the things you're doing uh, uh, to get yourself in shape and cover people and do different things. So, you know, when you're not around campus and you're working out on your own, there's a chance for more injuries like this. But then also when you're on campus and you have all these seven-on-sevens and things going on, you have the same type of injuries also. But uh, I'm not sure if he was taped up. Obviously, they had surgery to put some screws in it, to strengthen it up. And uh, will he be ready for fall camp? I'm not sure. Uh, I hope he is, but they're going to have to take it real carefully so that it doesn't. I don't know if they're going to have to remove the screws or not. They might. Sometimes they leave him in there. So we'll see what happens with him. And, you know, I've always thought he's an outside linebacker. I felt he was played out of position last year because you need guys coming off the edge, which really USC has not had and demonstrated in their defensive play under Pentagrass. Uh, I didn't know they had moved him back inside, but uh, uh, I, my personal opinion, he's an outside linebacker jumping off the edge and coming after the quarterback. That's my opinion. Yeah, the and the whole I, I agree with you, Coach. I, 
I mean, I've I've liked what I've seen from practice. What you know, both spots there. Um, the six to eight week thing. Uh, I mean, I think everyone's going to have a hard time preparing for the season because you didn't have the spring practice. You're doing workouts on your own. But if that six weeks of fall camp does you know end up happening or some kind of modified camp that starts maybe mid July. That means that, you know, Winston is probably going to miss a significant portion of that. You're already talking about an accelerated you start to the season, you know, preparation to start the season. Uh, is this one of those things where it just could put Winston a little further behind or significantly further behind because everyone's on this shortened schedule and then he's going to miss a bunch of it? He is, and uh, you're certainly not going to take a chance to re-injure it or have to have another surgery. So you really have to be careful and follow what the doctors and trainers think. And you can't force kids. See, kids want to come back and play. That's the problem. Kids want to come back to play. And half the time when kids get re-injured, it's because they don't tell you the truth. I feel great. I feel great. But let's go do it. Let's go do it. And it's not ready to play. So, you know, you've got to really be careful. And you've got to make sure it's completely rehabbed and the strength's is back in the leg, and he's not favoring it uh, because when a kid plays, you can tell when he's favoring the injured part of his body. So it takes a lot of time to get your confidence back when you're injured with something. So you got to really take your time, and you can't let kids talk you into letting them play too early. Yeah, so just wish him uh, speed of recovery as well. And if uh, if this modified fall camp happens as scheduled, uh, we'll see him at some point, most likely unless there's some kind of setback, but that's the schedule sometime uh, during uh, that period. We did have a, uh, a question on Kyle Ford, uh, a voicemail question. Let me play it for you, and then we'll uh, get your thoughts, Coach. Hey, guys, this is Evan from Tempe, and um, I just heard about the Kyle Ford injury. And this is just the most like frustrating thing of all time. I mean, both of the last two years, we had the most injuries in the country, and now it's happening again. And I just want to know from you guys, like, what does USC have to do to be able to overcome all this? This is so frustrating. And I want to know, like, you know, the one guy that I think about who's gone through injuries like this and overcome it was Urban Meyer, actually, in 2014 with Ohio State when he won the first uh, CFP National Championship. And so, you know, do you think that that will kind of factor in the decision in the offseason whether to keep play or not? And, um, you know, I also want to know, you know, do you, did you think of Kyle Ford as like an injury-prone player or did it just seem to happen again? Because I know he had an injury like this before in the past. I know it was the other knee, though. So basically, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on that kind of stuff. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, sort of briefly tell me what he said. It was pretty hot on my end. I couldn't get all the little words in there. Oh, I'm sorry. So, he, I mean, he was very frustrated with uh, the injury. Uh, what can they do? to try to prevent these kind of injuries uh, from happening? Well, you know, you try to prevent all the injuries you can, and these kids work out on their own. They played football for so long that uh, they they try to prevent them. But, you know, when you're big and you're fast and you, maybe there's a, was a little hole in the field or wherever he was working out or whatever where his leg got caught or, uh, you know, something got twisted and he fell down or sometimes you just pop and you don't even know you hurt yourself. Sometimes you can tear muscles or tear 
ligaments and college. You don't even know you did it. And then later you say, golly, I'm limping. What the heck's wrong with it? And so on. So, you know, you try to make sure that your fields or your practice always on great fields with no holes or bumps or the turf's perfect because if you catch your cleat in one of those, you can easily uh, tear yourself. Remember, players are bigger and faster than ever before. So it's easier to injure yourself. So you've got to really be careful and uh, uh, to, to prevent these things. And they just unfortunately happen. And, and you, you think about it more when it happens to a kid that just came off of one and now he has the other leg. So uh, it's very unfortunate, a very talented kid, a kid that deserves to play the game of football for a long period of time. But he's got to go through this, and he's got to get it done, and it comes back to desire and how bad he wants it again. So if he wants it bad, people's got to support him, and he's got to come back and be able to do the necessary things to get him ready to play. And again, sometimes they're really freak, freak accidents. Freak. Nobody hit him. Nobody touched him. Uh, but uh, you get these type of tears. So not knowing what happened, it's very difficult for me to uh, sort of say what I, my thoughts are. And Evan also wanted to know if we thought Kyle Ford was an injury-prone player. I don't believe, I mean, obviously this is his second ACL, but I don't remember anything from his recruiting process that they thought he was a guy that was injured a lot. That's just something, I mean, ACL is a big injury, you know. That's just, those things happen. It's just unfortunate. No, it does. And, you know, people have played with those before, and they didn't even know it. They just got themselves, and they just went ahead and played. I, I think a lot of people say that's impossible, but if you check around with the old-time trainers, it's actually happened. So uh, some people are injury-prone. Uh, they just really are. Their ligaments aren't as strong as their body or their size or their weight, and some people just have that type of heredity. But I'm hoping that Kyle doesn't have that type of heredity, and and he's able to heal up and do it again. I don't know anything about his past or how he hurt his other knee or any of that. So it's hard for me to evaluate it. But there is. There are certain great athletes that do have that injury-prone type of syndrome that goes with them. It's really a, a sad thing. And he also wanted to know one last thing, Coach, about uh, Clay Helton. And uh, do you think that you know something like this where you get a lot of injuries, could that factor in a decision uh, – whether or not you'd want to keep uh, Clay Helton. Well, I don't think that has to do with uh, Clay Helton. He doesn't want any of his players to get injured or anything. And it depends a lot. Now, these injuries happened away from campus, so you don't really know what off-season training they've been doing as far as uh, heavy squats or power cleans or things sometimes that I didn't want my skilled players doing, Okay. Now, of course, uh, other people have their own strength programs and so on, but my skilled players, I didn't want them do a power, doing power type of lifting because they don't need power. They need conditioning. They need uh, uh, muscle tone. They need the things that are necessary, flexibility to keep them in great shape and be able to, you know, do the things, take a hit and give a hit. So sometimes their ligaments and sometimes... Uh, can't take the heavy weights that you're giving them to do full squats, snatches. I don't know if how many, you know, what these exercises are, but they put a lot of strain on you. So you've got to be really careful on the type of exercises that you have your players do. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's see. 
Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. Uh, got a couple questions and another topic we want to discuss. So back in a minute. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. And, uh, Coach, we were talking off air uh, about a topic I know that you would like to discuss. And uh, this has been an interesting spring where we've had either truncated or no spring football whatsoever for most college football programs uh, and how this is going to impact college football going forward. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that, why you think college football is going to be different uh, from now on. Well, Ryan, first of all, I don't have any documentation on this. I've never heard anybody talk about it or anything else. I brought it up on one of my shows, and I uh, discussed this because I really think it's going to be an effect on college football. First of all, uh, this spring has been quite unique and a lot of changes in college football as far as the recruiting process, no spring practice, all the different things that go on. And I think it's going to change college football one reason, because of the budgetary problems that football and athletic departments are going to have. They're going to look for ways to cut back and be able to still operate uh, their athletic programs and still save money and still be as good and everything else. So one, I think, will be uh, the salaries of coaches. I think those will be not. I think the days of paying coaches $5 million a year and $4 million a year and $3 million a year and all of that's over with, I think that if a coach is getting a million dollar a year, a job or whatever. I think that's more money than a lot of people make their whole lifetime or whatever. And I think they'll do it for that rather than all this other stuff. So I think you're going to see college football coaches pays change. I really do. Then also in the spring, I think you're going to see spring recruiting. I think it's worked very well. The coaches I have spoken to really like the way spring recruiting is going. And uh, what I mean by that, they can see more kids. They do a lot of Zoom. They do a lot of 
FaceTime. They, they're able to watch videos. They're at home. Not that they would be at home, but they save a lot of time traveling in cars uh, and all of the above. Plus, the expense of recruiting is absolutely unbelievable. You travel in airplanes, you rent a car, you stay in hotels, you fly all around and all of the above. You fly student-athletes in, you have visits, all of the above. It, you know, some football programs is a half a million to a million dollars a year just in recruiting. So I think you're going to see changes in the recruiting portion of college football, and I think it's going to be everybody working the same way and have an early signing date as they do. I don't see that changing. I think most early commits that are going on now uh, are satisfied. A lot of them haven't been on the campus, but uh, a lot of them can do the visiting on the campus. And I don't know if you've seen these videos that these coaches are showing these kids, but it's a thorough campus trip through the entire campus on videos in every room and pictures of their training centers and pictures of their dining halls and pictures of their tutoring centers and all these things that you could do almost as well as being there and seeing it in person and getting a lot of interviews from the people that run these departments that you might not be able to get as far as if you make a campus visit. So I think that uh, you're going to see an adjustment there. I'm not saying it's going to happen, and no one told me this is going to happen. Maybe I'm starting this process. And I think you're going to see the elimination of spring practice. Really? I think. Yep. I think spring practice is something that they're going to find out that is not necessary, that if kids work out and they're in a regular training uh, uh, period, that I think you're going to find out that the unnecessary practices on the field is not going to happen. They're going to save money, time, and injuries, more rehab time, more study time, all of that. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to have this early period of returning back to school for fall camp early, like it's going now, to replace spring practice, where you have three weeks or whatever to have all your team, including your new recruited class, be all of a part of it and go through all that and get ready for fall camp. Now that's going to save you a lot of money, a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of tape and a lot of equipment and all of the above, a lot of videos and all of the above. Now they'll be teaching. I think they'll be teaching and uh, maybe some meetings with coaches and so on, but I don't think they'll be going on the field. Now I'm not saying this is going to happen this year or next year, but I think it's going to happen because of the budgetary problem. And I think that it won't just be one conference. It'll be them all because they all go after, they all have the same problem now, right now that, you know, some of the Southeastern conferences and so on, maybe have a lot more money than other conferences and so on, but they've got dollar problems, all of them. So I think they'll look at ways of, Hey, this wasn't that bad. This, I got as much recruiting done as I would have done. How much did it really change our recruiting class? USC right now, it hadn't done bad. And also, uh, the the spring practice, I'd rather have more time before my first game with them rather than have spring practice and then bring them back again where they've forgotten all of that. I'd rather have them back in the fall where I have three weeks or whatever I have, 15 days, that spring practice is, to walk through, reteach, get them back together, get them back in shape, do all the things when coaches can be on the field, 
prepare them for fall camp. And I and me, I would vote for that. I would think that would be great. And then be able to go and get ready for your first game. You'd be better prepared. You'd be in better condition. Uh, you'd have the summer to be able to go to summer school. You might even be able to have summer jobs if you choose to, and all the different things that you were able to do before. Maybe even go on a vacation with your family, like most family kids do. And I think sometimes you need to have a little bit of extra time. You've heard me talk about that, just to be a kid, just to be a regular person again. And I think coaches need that too with their families. So there's a lot of change I think that's going to happen, maybe not this year, but down the road, where people are going to look at just what we all experienced, and they're going to say, you know, there's a lot of things we learned from this. A lot of things we learned from this that we're just as good a football team. We're just as close. We had a great recruiting class. We didn't spend all the money that we had to spend flying all over the country and flying in recruits and all of the above. Uh, why don't we uh, try to do it this way? And that's just the start of what I think that some of the things are going to happen. Right? Wow, Coach. That's uh, like the bombshell. No more spring Football practice. Uh, I, I mean, I think everyone's talking about in all, all all walks of life. What and I'm not really a big fan of this term, but what the new normal is going to be. Um, I've been you know doing workouts in my driveway, and I I you know do exercise bike stuff, things that I you know that I would normally do at the gym, that I'm doing at home. Am I going to want to even go to the gym now? Or are you just going to keep working out the way I have? I don't know. Maybe that will be my, you know, quote unquote, new normal. What works for me or some kind of hybrid of that. Uh, I think you're, I mean, the, the recruiting kind of stuff makes sense where you're seeing programs do a really good job of recruiting right now. Do you really need to be out on the road? Now, I think you'd like to see a lot of these players in person, um, you know, if you can. But I, that's a that's a curious to me. But the big one, coach, the bombshell is no more spring football practice. Like, wow, I mean that would be a pretty long time off between like doing workouts, uh, you know, at the end of the season versus the, like an early proposed fall camp. Well, not really, Ryan. When you consider that the bowl games, look when the bowl games are over with. The championship bowl game is over. What the, the second weekend? I think it's the second weekend in January. Okay. And then you sometimes you get some schools come back in March with spring practice. When do these kids have any time off or when can they rehab? It's just too much football. Now they're going to work out. I'm not saying they're not going to work out. But, I mean, as far as going out and hitting again and all of the above, I don't think you need to do that. I mean, and I'm with, I was one that coached when we hit 20 days in a row. It wasn't any shorts or T-shirt days. We lined up in scrimmage and hit an inside drill at, and bull in the ring and all those terms that you that have been around football for a long time know what that is. And whenever I blew three whistles, that means uh, you can tee off on anybody. That means I need to wake up the team. As long as it's not a dirty hit or behind the back uh, clip or anything, if I blew my whistle three times, that means get out of the way because someone's going to hit you. And this is the era that was. But now as I see the way things are going, and everything, and uh, with the injury factors and so on, and the bigger and faster and how much uh, these kids really condition themselves, I'm not quite sure you need to have spring practice. Now, a lot of coaches, oh, man, what do you mean? Well, I think you can, but I don't know if you need to hit all the time anymore. I think that kids are better off being hungry for football, being hungry for football. And I think these kids this year will come back hungry for football. 
and uh, they'll look forward to being back on campus, and they'll look forward to seeing their teammates and all the above. And and if you have them three weeks before you actually have fall camp, you can catch up an awful lot, and it gets in their minds, and they're fresh with what's going on, and then you get after it. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying this could be a way of coming about to save money because of money saviors, because of budget problems, okay? I'm not saying these are going to happen. Maybe they'll have spring practice, but they won't have the recruiting on the road. But I'm saying these are options that athletic departments have as far as saving money that maybe isn't necessary to spend. Yeah. Wow, Coach. Yeah, I think I, I think the economic fallout of all of this is going to impact, I mean, with the unemployment as high as it is, what sports gets canceled, what, you know, how this is going to change things. And if the cash cow program, like a college football program, needs to try to cut corners and save some money, uh, those are all interesting options. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. So, coach putting on his uh, his prediction hat, and uh, I never really thought about that. That those kind of things would change. We'll uh, we'll have to see. I'll tell you another thing that's going to be interesting too is Cal and UCLA really got a boost this weekend as far as recruiting. When the regions pass, you don't have to take the SAT test again. I mean, that is an absolute plus for those schools. I mean, as far as recruiting and so on, it's less pressure on the kids as far as having to score simple, you know, certain scores. I don't even know what that is, you know, but before they used to have to have a certain score with your grade points and so on to balance out to be admitted in the NCAA rules. But to just now have that eliminated, uh, if I was Wilcox and if I'm Kelly, I'm dancing in the streets, baby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's uh, it's a temporary thing, but that could help uh, with this uh, 2021 class for sure. Sure could, because I think it's it's good. You know, there's a lot of kids who just don't test well. I mean, and there's some kids that don't test well, but have great grade points. So tests don't prove anything. I mean, yeah, it, pr- it proves that you can take a test, okay? But then prove that you're smart or anything else, or you know how to apply that. So uh, I don't know. I don't know that much about all of that, but I'm just saying I know that if I don't have to line up and worry about a kid passing, no matter who it is, a test, SAT test, but some kids take it three, four times. You know that works. And uh, then they pass it on the last time or whatever. But if my class does not have to do that and that's eliminated, uh, that puts a lot less pressure as far as on the kid and on the football program on who they can recruit and and, you know, get into school, you know, honestly. Yeah. I'm not talking about athletes. I'm just talking about any student. Right. No, I mean, it's uh, that's changed things. Another thing that's, you know, is changing. There's so much is changing nowadays. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see uh, what comes of it. But are you worried at all? Because we've been talking about how things are on schedule. Uh, people ask me a lot, what's going to happen with college football? I'm like, well, right now, things are on schedule to start the season as you normally would. I don't know about fans in the stands and things like that, but the as far as like playing the college football schedule, everyone's doing things that sort of line up where that would work. Here's how it would happen if it did. You're going to come back, you know, voluntary workout stuff early, you know, this month and then middle of next month would start that six-week kind of pre-fall camp, whatever period where, you know, and everything's going that way unless there's some kind of big setback. Well, apparently cases are up in a lot of those states that have opened up more. 
Uh, I haven't tried not to pay too much attention to what's going on. Does that worry you at all, Coach, that maybe you know, as things are opening up, we're going to get more cases and then they might just shut it back down again? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the more exposure you have uh, to this virus, the more chance there is for more people to get it. And I think what's happening, I think some people are just taking it for granted and not really following what they need to follow and respect other people. I think respect is what it's all about, respecting your yourself and respecting your friends and respecting your neighbors or whoever you come in contact with. I sort of believe in what the medical field says, not what a lot of other people might say, uh, that it's overrated or it's a, you know something else, a hoax. Or what. I, I believe it's not a hoax. I believe it's the real deal. I think the statistics prove that out. And I know there's other uh, people who have have um, unfortunately passed away with other things. But I think that uh, I'm really concerned. Yes, I am. I'm very concerned about, what do they call it, the second wave affecting college football, but not just college football, but everybody's life, everything. So I think that if we're smart about the way we come back and we do the things that are necessary, I think we'll be back and we'll be able to be fine. It might take some time, you know. Takes nine months to have a baby, so if it takes that long to have a baby, maybe it'll take that long to do certain things that we need to do. Maybe we'll have a football season without any attendance, but we'll have a football season. If you see some of the sporting events I watch, I like watching them. I don't miss the crowds. I mean, believe me, I watch NASCAR, I watch UFC, I watch these events happen without people in the crowds or the attendance, and they seem to be competing as hard as they ever compete. Why wouldn't they be able to do it in football if that's what it takes to take care of this virus and keep people safe? That That's what people get too anxious and, you know, worry about this or that, and I want to go to a football game. Well, great. You know, you might want to do a lot of things, okay? I, I'd love to fly, you know, just jump up and fly over somewhere. But I can't do that. So I think people have to learn that, and it's like anything else, be disciplined. And uh, if we are disciplined... Good things happen. Yeah, we got to all be disciplined out there. Hopefully this is, uh, you know, be behind us soon, but I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little more worried than I was before. Uh, let's see. We got a Brent in Knoxville, uh, so from SEC country. He said, uh, he's asking about workouts. I'm just curious about why hasn't USC made their announcement um, when football players are returning to campus for workouts? Should we all be worried as USC fans? Thanks and fight on uh, from Brett. No, uh, I don't think you should be worried. I think that if I, if everybody's smart, like we just talked about, you're always going to have a case here and there, okay? It's absolutely impossible to say we're not going to have any cases whatsoever because it could happen to anybody, okay? You don't even know how you got it. But you got to be able to smart and do, do the things that eliminate the percentages of chances that you might get it. So you you do what you have to do uh, as far as in the locker rooms and the equipment and the testing and the temperatures and all the things that are necessary. And uh, uh, and unfortunately, there will be some people that, that get the virus. It's just naturally going to happen. You're not going to have 100% immediate uh, closure on this issue. So... Uh, it's concerning, but yet it's uh, there's a way of doing it if people want to follow the rules and regulations. But as far as people getting it, uh, people will. 
People will, and you won't even know how or who gave it to you or anything else. Yeah. So that's why you have to be very careful. You do have to be careful. I'm. I mean, I. I kind of agree, Brett, that I was hoping that they would have made some kind of announcement of when this was coming back. We put a little bit of information in the war room. So if you're not a member, I mean, make, you can go check it out. If you're a VIP member, go check the latest war room post on uscfootball.com. If not, we're doing that two months for a dollar, so you can sign up for a buck and and go check it out. But um, I mean, there's you have to understand all the California schools. Haven't announced uh, their plans yet, so there's got to be something to do with the government, you would feel, like the, the government in the state of California. I know uh, Ryan Carsey from uh, the LA Times tweeted out uh, earlier this morning, today's Monday, uh, while USC and UCLA have yet to announce their plans, Sierra Canyon is the first football team in LA County to begin its football workout. So apparently uh, Sierra Canyon is already, uh, they've started to work out. Um so, you know, that's uh it's interesting. I I feel like a school doesn't want to make some kind of announcement if they're going to go against uh local governments and LA County has the most cases in California, so and you know, and you know, there's a lot of people in LA County, but it's been a it's sort of a hotbed, so I think that's probably part of uh the issue there. So, um I I wouldn't say super concerning, but if 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 I don't hear this week when they're going to start the workouts, when you know, like a, a program like Alabama is already working out, and it's a little bit of a concern. Today's the first day, uh, according to the Pac-12, that these schools in the Pac-12 could actually have the voluntary on-campus workout. So it could happen at any time. Now, there's no, um, you know, jurisdiction or whatever you know in in college football that would be saying you can't have these workouts. They're allowed to have them now. They have to make sure the local governments allow them to have them and that they're ready and they know what they want to do uh, to get to have those workouts and have them safely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, right now, the next week or two isn't going to make that much difference. So let's do it right for the first time. And so you don't have to you know, be sorry for when you did it and have everything in place and then uh, go for it, babe. Go for it. Get ready for football. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got one uh, last question for you, Coach. It's our buddy Curtis. Here you go. I'll play it for you. Hi, Curtis from Moreno Valley. This is for the coach and Ryan. Drew McCoy, I know he's hurt, but after doing some research on him, I heard that Alabama wanted him to play outside linebacker because he's such a good uh, blitzer. Uh, penetrator of the quarterback. Uh, Harvey, would you have some packages with a healthy Brew McCoy to play a little at linebacker? Or would you just leave him on offense at at receiver? Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, Curtis, if I'm getting a five-star receiver who's really good at what he does. I want him to become a six-star receiver for me as far as his position and what he wants to play. I think it's very important that a player gets to play the position he wants to until he finds out that maybe it'd be best in his interest to change to the other side of the football. Uh, I'm not for, as they did with uh, a lot of the players uh, in the past, uh, have a package when a defensive player went over to the offensive side of the football. Uh, I think that... uh, Basically, you, you hurt your morale 
you've got defensive players who play and practice and do all of that, and then all of a sudden you bring over an offensive player to take one out and put him in. So I think that uh, uh, I think you uh, jeopardize morale. Plus, you uh, you can't learn it all. You've got to be really good at what you do today. So the best thing we always talk about forecasting. We always talk about development. And the only way you develop is is work at what you do and get better. We used to have a saying, and I talk to my team about this, and I see the guys every day in every way. You try to get a little bit better and better at what you do. So uh, if you try to do too many things, it's pretty hard to get better and better in everything you do. So, no, I'd keep him right over where he is. He's going to be a great pro someday. And I'd try to make him a six-star from a five-star. Yeah, um, I think if it's a guy like Dory Jackson, where you're playing your position, you're a defensive back, you're at your corner, you're locking people down, but you're so special on the offensive side of the ball, they can throw you know they can throw you in there and and have some packages for you. I, I'm fine with that. I like that. If you're talking about trying to put a a receiver over on defense, sometimes I, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work as well. They talked about doing that with Juju Smith-Schuster, if you remember. Um, a lot of people recruited him as a, as a safety and a lot of still, I think Gerard Martinez, when he was doing his like all time, all the, the best players from seven on seven that he saw, he was going to put Juju in there as a safety. Um, he was really good on the seven on seven circuit back in the day. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure you're going to see that at all. Um, like I agree with coach, but he's that talented of a kid, but you're now you're talking with Kyle Ford being out. That's going to be you know, a bigger opportunity for Brew McCoy because you had two, you had two five stars that essentially didn't play last year. They're going to come off and, and add, you know, be in the mix. One of them is now gone. So I think there's going to be a lot more focus on the other one and that's Brew McCoy. Yeah, I'd, I'd leave things alone and, and, uh, just take care of the players you got. You should have enough players to get the right players in the same position or where they can play and make plays. On defense, you got to make plays. Yeah, got to make plays on offense. But defense is making big plays at the big time. Every play is a big play. Get them off rhythm. Get after it. And uh, I think that you've got enough people to do that if you put them in the right position. Yeah. All right, coach. Well, hey, good stuff. Uh, you know, unfortunate the the big news was a lot about the uh, the injuries and what was going on there. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, both players. Uh, Ford and Winston uh, recover and USC fans can get to see him back on the field. Obviously Winston will probably a lot sooner than uh, we'd see Ford, but interesting stuff from you coach with the uh, spring practice going away. Like, wow, that's a, that's a big one, but um, good stuff. It's always fun talking to you, coach. Always fun talking to you. And when I do those things and I predict certain things, it could be just a portion of it could be everything. It might just be one or two ideas. No one's talked to me about it. It's just ways that I've been thinking about with the budget situations and so on. There's got to be some changes made. And some things are working better in a way than they did before. So it might be one or the other. It might be both. Who knows? But we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. All right. That's the coach, Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. 
Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.